Welcome to the Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller from WMHT.org. David Allen Miller conducts the Albany Symphony, and he provides commentary on the WMHT Live broadcast. David's commentary is full of fascinating stories about the music, the performances, and more. In order to keep the program mostly music, some of what he provides ends up on the cutting room floor. This podcast contains no music, but it does contain all of David Allen Miller's commentary from the concert broadcast on WMHT Live from WMHT-FM, your classical companion. The Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller's commentary for the Albany Symphony concert broadcast is made possible in part by a grant from the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, supporting nonprofit organizations that have a history of substantial commitment to contemporary music. It's always a great treat for the musicians of the Albany Symphony and me to perform Vivaldi's Four Seasons, even though I think it was Stravinsky who once very cruelly said that Vivaldi wrote the same concerto 500 times. Uh, A lot of us really don't share that view. The truth is that Vivaldi, like Bach and Handel and all the great composers of the Baroque era, really considered himself much more of an artisan than an artist. And so his job was really to create a lot of product to play, to perform himself. He was, by all reports, a brilliant violinist, but also to get his name and his works around and played by others so that he could sell his music and get money from that. So Vivaldi was a a prodigious producer of music, uh, and he did uh, write a lot of occasional music, you know, music for all sorts of different occasions. Uh, He wrote an incredible number of concerti, many or most of them for violin, but also uh, for many other instruments, some very unusual ones. There's a piccolo concerto and recorder concertos and a mandolin concerto and two guitar concertos and uh, lots of bassoon concertos. And while certainly they often um, have a similar sound world created in much the same way in this Baroque era of fashioning or generating a great deal of music, the four seasons of Vivaldi, I think, actually have well-deserved fame and fortune here long, long in the future beyond Vivaldi's life because they are so singular and so original and so unique. And in fact, contradicting Stravinsky's statement about Vivaldi writing the same concerto 500 times, each of these four concerti is really unique and special and occupies its own singular world. Now, I should clarify that because even though we talk about the four seasons as being a piece of music, in fact, the four seasons are in fact four different little, beautiful, 10 to 12-minute long concerti, each in three movements, for violin and orchestra. And the four concerti that comprise the four seasons are, in fact, the first four uh, of a group of 12 concertos that were published in 1725 by Vivaldi, to which he gave the uh, the title, The Competition between harmony and invention. I guess harmony being sort of order and what's the expected ideas about how music would conform to certain styles, and invention being every wild flight of fancy that a composer may have. And in fact, these uh, four concerti are unique in the way they really juxtapose the expected ideas of what concerti of the time do and uh, all these flights of fancy of Vivaldi. So they're very unique pieces, and I must say that I always have trouble sitting through all four in a row. I hope that doesn't make me a bad person, but I just find that by about the time you get to the third season, a lot of it does begin to sound similar and you have a little trouble, or I have a little trouble, sort of differentiating where we are in the form. So it it occurred to me that since they're four separate concertos, it might be actually very interesting and exciting for the audience to hear them separated uh, as completely the singular, unique pieces that they are. So the way we designed this concert for for this uh, wonderful exploration of the four seasons is each 
half of the concert begins and ends with one of the seasons. And in between, I put a piece of more contemporary music uh, on each half of the concert. So on the first half, we feature uh, a relatively new work, a five-year-old work of John Adams, the great American composer. And on the second half, we feature a a gorgeous Baroque-inspired piece uh, by the great Igor Stravinsky, the Dumbarton Oaks Concerto. So turning to the very first of the Four Seasons. This, of course, is spring. And as you may remember, uh, one of the things that I think draws people to these concertos and makes them so visual to us and so uh, exciting and filled with images, with great imagery, is that at some point Vivaldi affixed sonnets to them, uh, poems that it's not entirely clear that he necessarily wrote them, although it's thought that he perhaps or probably did. And it's not entirely clear whether he wrote the sonnets before writing the piece or after writing the piece. Uh, But in fact, each uh, concerto in the score, in the conductor's score, is prefaced, preceded by a a little sonnet, uh, in this case, obviously, about spring, la primavera. And uh, each of these poems, uh, scholars often comment on how dare I say, lame these poems are. They're, they're not really high art and they're not really terribly clever, but they are certainly very uh, pictorial. And I think that's what uh, Vivaldi's trying to get at. So I'll just read you a little bit of, of spring. The first part is, spring has arrived merrily. The birds hail her with happy song. And meanwhile, at the breath of the zephyrs, the streams flow with a sweet murmur. And then thunder and lightning chosen to proclaim her come covering the sky with a black mantle. So already you have... You you know, Merry Spring, the the joyous opening, the yum bum bum ba da 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 dum bum bum. Then you have the the bird song, and so immediately in the piece you'll hear little birds, the violins chirping to each other, uh, and then you hear the winds and the stream flowing, and then eventually very dramatic music, thunder and lightning. So it gives Vivaldi a chance to really show his uh, his almost operatic grasp of conveying pictures through music. As I mentioned, that the piece is in three movements, and the middle movement is about um, the goat herd uh, who sleeps uh, in the welcoming murmuring of fronds and trees. The goat herd sleeps with his trusty dog beside him. And so Vivaldi does this really uncanny thing, and I think very often in performances, orchestras minimize the sound of the dog. But Vivaldi's very clear. It's this very beautiful, ethereal, slow movement, and with a, a gorgeous singing violin line. And through the entire movement, you hear one viola going, and there's this beautiful, quiet music, but every, you know, few seconds you're, and it's it's very, it's, it's marked forte, and it even is labeled in the score, the dog barking. So uh, we really play up all these, uh, all these very Baroque, very pictorial aspects of the piece, not just because we think they should be done that way, and that's how Vivaldi conceived them and marked them very clearly as such, but because for this performance, we're, we're very excited and pleased to be um, joined by a, a very singular and brilliant young Canadian soloist. She's Aislinn Noski, and she's a, a great Baroque specialist. Uh, she is a member of Tafelmusik, that amazing Baroque ensemble that uh, it works out of Toronto, Canada, but tours the world. She's one of their prized violinists, and she's also now the concertmaster of the Handel Haydn Society in Boston, a great early music ensemble. So she's a woman who's a person who's extremely well-versed and steeped in the world of Baroque performance practice and Baroque style. For this performance, she's actually playing a, essentially a modern instrument, but she's using a Baroque bow. So if you saw the concert, you'd see that the, the bow is very different from our modern bows. Instead of sort of bowing 
down and in, uh, sort of the middle goes closer to the, the hairs of the bow. The bow actually bows outward or bows outward to look more like a bow and arrow bow. Um, and so it, it, it actually has a lighter, uh, faster, uh, very beautiful, clear, crystalline quality. And so she's playing very much Baroque style, and she's encouraged us, our musicians, and me to uh, to really interpret the piece in this extremely dramatic and uh, wonderfully varied fashion. So here now, the first of Vivaldi's four seasons. This is spring, La Primavera. Aislinn Noski is the violin soloist with the Albany Symphony conducted by me, David Allen Miller. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. That was the first of Vivaldi's Four Seasons, Spring, performed by Aislinn Noski, the brilliant Canadian violinist, uh, played by the Albany Symphony Strings and Harpsichord, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. Next on the program, a very unusual piece. Uh, This is by John Adams, great American post-minimalist composer. It's a piece from about uh, five years ago, and it's called Son of Chamber Symphony. Many, many, many years ago, more than a century ago, Arnold Schoenberg wrote his first chamber symphony, Opus 9, which was a, an extremely virtuosic and difficult piece for 15 essentially solo instruments. And the parts are written not at all like orchestral parts. They're all virtuosic solo parts. John Adams, even though he, he grew up in the world of minimalism in this kind of anti-difficulty style, is a very intellectual and intelligent person and very um, much a, a student and a, a, a fan of the music of Arnold Schoenberg. And so uh, a number of years ago, I think in the late 90s, he decided to write his own chamber symphony and model it upon Schoenberg's first chamber symphony. John tells a story that when he was working on this first chamber symphony, his son Sam, who actually has now grown up to be a composer, uh, Sam was, I guess, seven or eight years old at the time and was in the other room watching Saturday morning cartoons. So here John Adams was trying to write this piece sort of inspired by Schoenberg, and he kept hearing Saturday morning cartoons, and he somehow felt like there was some odd, interesting connection between the sort of wacky craziness of the Saturday morning cartoons and Schoenberg's extreme, completely free, atonal style of the period. And so he wrote a piece, uh, the first chamber symphony, which owes kind of equal parts to Saturday morning cartoons and Arnold, Arnold Schoenberg. And uh, I think the piece was, was so enjoyed and loved, particularly by musicians, for whom it's a great challenge to perform, but also by audiences, that some years later, when he was offered a commission for a dance work from Stanford University, uh, he came back to this idea of chamber symphony, and he wrote the work we're now going to play for you, Son of Chamber Symphony. This is a work that uh, was uh, conceived for dance, and it was in fact choreographed and premiered by the great Mark Morris and his dance company. And it's just a very playful, uh, very virtuosic, incredibly challenging piece for all the the 15 solo instruments, but a a lot of fun. And I I sort of gravitated to it because it seems to me that while it doesn't sound anything like Vivaldi, John Adams and composers who live and work in in a post-minimalist world with lots of very continuous running textures uh, that sort of gradually morph or change, that there's something about the, the sonic world of that aspect of, of the modern of modern music that actually somehow harkens back to the pre-romantic era and even the pre-classical world to that kind of continuous running lines of, of Baroque style. So there's something to me somehow strangely Baroque-inspired in John Adams' music and in minimalist and post-minimalist music in particular. So here now, a uh, sort of epic work for 15 solo instruments by John Adams. It is Son of Chamber Symphony, played by the members of the Albany Symphony. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. That was John Adams's 
Son of Chamber Symphony, performed by 15 brilliant soloists of the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. Now, returning to the world of Antonio Vivaldi, here's the second of his Four Seasons concerti. This is L'estate, Summer, and Summer is another one of these movements that is very intriguing in that when you really go deep into what the music is trying to convey, you really begin to feel the heat and the humidity of summertime. So this poem, the poem that uh, Vivaldi affixed to this concerto, talks about um, beneath the harsh season inflamed by the sun, man languishes, the flock languishes, and the pine tree burns. The cuckoo unleashes its voice, and as soon as it is heard, the turtle dove sings, and the goldfinch too. Uh, one of my favorite features of the of summer, of, of the second of the four seasons, is the slow movement in this case, uh, just like you had that wonderful first slow movement in, in spring of this beautiful piece, but with this interruptive dog barking away through it. Here, the slow movement is, again, a, a sort of beautiful violin solo, but the, the line that uh, Vivaldi affixes to it is, And the furious swarm of flies and mosquitoes deprives his weary limbs of repose. So he actually asks the violins to play right up against the bridge of their instruments, so right where the, the, you know, the, the bridge is that little wood piece that holds the string up. And, and, and if you play right near that, you get a, a sound which we call sul ponticello uh, on the bridge, which has a kind of buzzing sound. So the entire movement, the violins are asked to do this kind of the sound of mosquitoes and, and flies. It's a fantastic effect and, and very extreme effect. And so that's the, the sort of nature of this wonderful slow movement. And then the, the last movement of summer is one of the great, dramatic, powerful movements of the piece. Alas, his fears, the fear of the, of the shepherd, are only too true. The sky thunders, flares, and with hailstones severs the heads of the proud grain crops. <laughs> you can tell. It's not only is it a bad poem, it's a bad translation. So I'm sorry, it's the one in my score, so I'm reading it to you. So here now, a beautiful evocation of all the weather extremes of summer. Antonio Vivaldi's Summer from the Four Seasons, performed by violin soloist Eslinowski, a Baroque expert, and the musicians of the Albany Symphony. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. To open the second half of our program, uh, we feature Autumn, the third of the Four Seasons. And Autumn, as you can imagine, if you're a peasant in Europe in the uh, early 18th century, Autumn mainly concerns itself with drunkenness because I gather that's when the wine, when the vines are all harvested and the grapes are all uh, crushed and the wine is made. And so there's a lot of peasant celebration and uh, rather a, a, an incredible amount of drunkenness because uh, the poem that accompanies this uh, season uh, begins, the peasant celebrates in dance and song the sweet pleasure of the rich harvest and fired by Bacchus's liquor, many end their enjoyment in slumber. Uh, and it's basically, the first movement is, is wonderful. Celebration of, of the season. But it, it sort of quickly devolves into this sort of hiccuping drunken peasant played incredibly humorously by, uh, by Aislinn on her violin. She actually got a lot of chuckles from our, our live audience when she sort of does, 
She does these sort of hiccups with her violins that are fantastic. And the second movement of this one is really once the drunken peasant has gotten extremely drunk, he falls into a deep slumber. So the second movement is one of the more mysterious slow movements in that it's just beautiful sort of slow chords in the strings of kind of slumbering peasants uh, with wonderful harpsichord coloring it uh, through that. And then suddenly the last movement, they uh, all awaken and they go on the hunt for a poor abused uh, stag, I guess. So at the new dawn, the hunters set out on the hunt with horns, guns, and dogs. The wild beast flees and they follow its track. And as it goes, they basically hunt down this poor stag and kill it. Uh, but you hear this yum bum 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 as they're all sort of cloppity-clopping on their horses. It always reminds me of that scene in Mary Poppins where Dick Van Dyke and the whole gang are on this, uh, I guess, animated merry-go-round, and pretty soon they just take the horses and sort of go off the merry-go-round and go hopping cloppity-clop uh, through the fields. It's very much like that. It's a very stylized sort of finale. So kind of one of the more demure of the four seasons. Here now is Autumn, played by violinist Aislinn Noski with members of the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. That was Autumn, the third of the four seasons, which opens the second half of our concert, performed by Aislinn Noski, violinist with the Albany Symphony, connected by me, David Allen Miller. Now we turn to a beautiful piece that absolutely is inspired by Baroque music, not specifically by Vivaldi, but actually specifically by his uh, uh, fellow great Baroque composer, Johann Sebastian Bach. This is Stravinsky's Dunbarton Oaks Concerto for a chamber orchestra, uh, written, I think, in 1936 or 37, on a sort of strange commission from a, a couple of uh, very wealthy uh, American people. The Bliss is. I think it was Mrs. Bliss who commissioned the work for her, an- her 30th anniversary to her husband, Mr. Bliss. And they had a beautiful uh, estate just outside of Washington, D.C., which exists to this day and I believe is now a research center. And you can also go visit the gardens at Dunbarton Oaks. And so the piece uh, is called the Dunbarton Oaks Concerto. It's uh, in three brief movements, not unlike these Vivaldi concerti we're hearing on this program. And Stravinsky himself said that at the time he wrote this piece, he was much uh, under the thrall or in the thrall of Johann Sebastian Bach and studying his works, particularly the Brandenburg Concerti, and that this piece is in many ways modeled upon the third Brandenburg. And I think you'll hear a similarity to the the sort of, it's sort of like a modern, uh, almost fractured version of Bach or Baroque music, much the way Picasso would take earlier styles and in his Cubist period and all sort of fracture uh, these kind of conceived ideas about about style. So here now, Igor Stravinsky's uh, charming, brief Dunbarton Oaks Concerto performed by members of the Albany Symphony. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. The Conductor's Notes podcast, featuring David Allen Miller's commentary for the Albany Symphony concert broadcast, is made possible in part by a grant from the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music supporting nonprofit organizations that have a history of substantial commitment to contemporary music. That was Igor Stravinsky's Dunbarton Oaks Concerto, performed by members of the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. And now we turn to the final work on our program. It is perhaps the best-loved and probably most played of all the four seasons. It's 
l'inverno, winter, the final of the four seasons. And of course, we all here in the capital region know all about winter. But just to give us an idea, here's the beginning of Vivaldi's sonnet that accompanies the piece. And, and as I mentioned, the, the lines of the sonnet are actually inscribed into the different places inside the piece so that you actually know when the thunder's coming or when the icicles are dripping or when the peasant stamps his or her feet uh, because Vivaldi actually labels it in the score. It's, it's extremely detailed and specific uh, musical sound painting or, or pictorial work. So the, the poem begins, To shiver frozen amid icy snows at the harsh wind's chill breath, to run stamping one's feet at every moment with one's teeth chattering on account of the excessive cold. So you actually hear all this shivering. At the very beginning, uh, he asks us to play, again, this is um, sul ponticello, near the bridge of the instrument. So we make this kind of this kind of icy sound and these little trills at the beginning. Shum, 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 shum. You'll hear it sounds very icy. He gets this fabulously icy idea. And then uh, the, the harsh wind's chill breath is, is very audible. Then there's, uh, he actually labels to run stamping one's feet and then one's teeth chattering you hear it's extremely wonderful when you you sort of know exactly what part of the poem he's coloring so that's the first movement very pictorial lots of different sections uh, which is why I'm always perplexed that Stravinsky must not have been thinking of these pieces when he said that mean thing about Vivaldi and the 500 concertos all sounding alike because not only do these pieces not sound like each other but there's so much variety within the concerti, within each of the four seasons. The slow movement, beautiful, and again, a very evocative slow movement. Uh, It seems that in this period... Uh, composers, and, and Vivaldi in particular, would take one affect, one emotion or one idea, and make the entire slow movement about that. So uh, the line of the poetry um, that uh, the second movement is meant to convey is, to pass the days of calm and contentment by the fireside while the rain outside drenches a hundred others. So you hear uh, this beautiful, very serene violin solo over this kind of plucking. Uh, we do pizzicato, the plucking of the strings. Boom, boom, beep, boom. You hear the rain in the strings as they pluck outside. So again, a very uh, wonderfully uh, cozy evocation of sitting by the fire while the rain uh, sort of uh, plops on the on the rooftop. And then finally, the last movement, very dramatic and very exciting, to walk on the ice and with slow steps to move about cautiously for fear of falling. You'll hear Aislinn, our brilliant soloist, sort of very uncomfortably and kind of unst- unsteadily or in a very unstable way move around the music as she sort of walks gingerly on the ice to go fast, slip, fall to the ground, to go on the ice again and run fast until the ice cracks and breaks to hear as they sally forth through the ironclad gates, Sirocco, Boreas, and all the winds at war, this is winter, but of a kind to bring joy. So here now, the final season of the Four Seasons, it is winter, performed by violinist Aislinn Noski, with members of the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. Thanks for listening to the Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller of the Albany Symphony Orchestra from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org.